This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries, and powered by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Stern, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Racism has no place in our society, in, in our nation, and we will fight to uphold the laws of freedom. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT as we come to you on a Saturday night along with J-Doc in the studio. I'm Joe Krause following another Philadelphia basketball classic uh, with Temple holding on all of the Temple Owl basketball action right here on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. J-Doc, I bring... Uh, you in and before we bring Malik Boyd uh, and our special guest uh, into the studio uh, into the conversation uh, part three of our series black and white uh, tonight we've had two good shows leading up to uh, tonight we've got a great uh, a great dialogue for the next 60 minutes here on talk radio absolutely. 1210 yes, absolutely so we created the in black and white uh, show obviously uh, to acknowledge and address the uh, the racial divide in America to create a platform uh, for discussion, understanding, and ultimately healing um, so that, you know, we don't get blindsided by such issues in America like we have recently with statues and all kinds of stuff like that. So, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm really proud to be here, proud to be a part of it. Uh, and looking forward to getting going. All right. We remind our listeners that we are presented by Weinerman Pain uh, and Wellness. We are fueled uh, by Pond Lahaki. Uh, we welcome the Sinesta Hotel uh, into uh uh, our uh, partnership here on Saturday night with Philly Labor, Jay Doc, and we had two great roundtables uh, at the Senesta and a great roundtable scheduled and planned for January as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I, Ryan Boyer is going to, to host, uh, you know, in preparation for Black History Month, um, the roundtable at Senesta, and certainly we're looking forward to that. We've uh, we've we've started off really unbelievably. It's fantastic. Uh, roundtable. Sinest has been an unbelievable host, and of course, we're looking forward to our January roundtable. And joining us on the hotline right now, before we get into the show, uh, we started it, uh, we made the announcement uh, on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor one week ago, but super proud and super thrilled uh, to bring Chapman uh, Ford on board, uh, along with Jim Stevenson. I'm going to bring Jim into the conversation in just a moment, but I know you want at least uh, at least 30 seconds to present and to tee up uh, Jim Stevenson, who's been an unbelievable Absolutely. force for the labor community. Absolutely. We're so proud to have Jim Stevenson and Chapman back on, on board. Uh, they're, they're absolutely the preferred auto dealer of the Philadelphia area labor community, certainly phillylabor.com and, and Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. They do a great job. There's almost no labor leader that when they when they ha, have uh, it's time to their lease is up or they want to choose a new vehicle, they call uh, you know Jim at, at uh, Jim Stevenson at Chapman Ford. Jim, welcome aboard. We're ecstatic to have you on for, for 2018. Hey, Joe. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I'm glad to be able to support you guys. 
Jimmy, I want to bring you in, and as J-Doc, uh, as J-Doc mentioned, I want to give you just a minute um, uh, to uh, introduce yourself to the labor community. You're so well-known because of all the work that you've done. Uh, we're proud to have you as one of our partners here on Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor. But take the podium, my friend. I know you love to be in front of the microphone. Uh, I'll give you 60 seconds uh, just to welcome <laughs> it. <laughs> I know you love it, right, brother? <laughs> I'm sorry. So uh, that was my, my other line ringing. I, I apologize. No, <laughs> okay. It's okay. This is live radio, live radio brother. brother. That's all yeah, right. That's real live. So, so anyway, yeah, thank you for uh, having me on. And I just wanted to wish all my friends and, you know, uh, clients and people I know in the labor community uh, a Merry Christmas and a happy and healthy and prosperous New Year. And, um, no, it's, uh, yeah. It's been a great uh, experience being involved with uh, the labor community, and uh, you know I'm always happy when I can give back to something uh, like uh, uh, sponsoring this uh, program because you always have interesting topics and you know stuff that's beneficial and helpful to the people in the in the labor community, and uh, so I really appreciate you getting the word out there for me and uh, letting everybody know that uh, Chapman Auto Group, you know. We're uh, not only uh, um, uh, a, a place that is, uh, you know, a, a, we employ all union employees. I'm trying to say, I'm sorry, I'm not That's all right. used hey, to being in front of the microphone as you, you think you say I am. But uh, you know, we have a union shop there, and we we employ uh, you know uh, local union employees there, and uh, we build all all of our uh, uh, dealerships in the last five uh, probably 10 years using 100 percent union labor so uh you know we're big supporters so well, listen you put yeah. your money where your mouth is jim and and we can't thank you enough and and we're going to be championing jim stevenson get to know him get remember to that know him no doubt get to about know it. him and uh chapman ford uh you know listen proud to have you on board jim and and uh We'll be pumping you all year long we appreciate your support my friend all right happy all holidays right. jimmy i appreciate it man all right, Joe. And hey, Joe. Joe, talk. Just one question. Sure, hit me. When, when, when's your lease over? Yeah. Hey, when I went up to see Jim, I pro, I pulled in in the Ford Flex. He's already working the numbers for me, listen, brother. He's he's selling right. us right on the air. Listen, uh, I think it's, it's it's within a year, Jim, and you can count on hearing from me, my friend. All right, bro. See you, pal. Uh, good. That's Jim right, Stevenson. Care, we welcome Chapman Ford into Thank Saturday you. Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. And, and all kidding aside, uh, you know, Jim referencing uh, the ability of this show to have good topic and good conversation uh, as we come to the close of our first year here on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Uh, that's what it has been, Jay Doc, up to this point. And proud now to get Malik Boyd and introduce and bring Malik Boyd uh, back into the conversation in the big chair. Uh, for part three of three uh, in black and white, Malik Boyd, welcome into the program, Thank sir. Thank you for having me, uh, Joe. It's been a journey. <laughs> and uh, it's always good to be with my good brother, Joe Dodd. I think the, the pre show meetings sometimes are better than the studio they are, shows. They are. We have to translate them <laughs> into the live the broadcast. Where do you right? go to the post show meeting? <laughs> yeah, and it's always good to to also bring in uh, Dr. Stephen Avenger, who is, uh, you know, a stalwart within uh, our community and the city as a whole. So. 
Uh, I know he's going to add his his Laurie seasoning salt on the issues of the day, too. So I'm looking forward. All right. All good stuff. Go ahead, Jada. No, I want to welcome uh, Dr. Avenger into the show and a, a esteemed member of the Philadelphia Black Clergy. Uh, and and uh, certainly, you know, no stranger to politics in the city of Philadelphia, a, a major player. And uh, welcome to the show, Doc. Hey, I am I am pleased to be here um, in in the studio on a Saturday night. It's better to be in the studio than out there walking down on the street. No stranger, yeah, man. Yeah, no stranger yeah, yeah. to a microphone either. No, Welcome in, Reverend. Appreciate <laughs> uh, you being here. Let's begin, Jay well, Doc. Let's get the well, subject well, and the uh, conversation on the table. Right. Uh, we'll roll for a few minutes. We'll get into the break. We'll come back in the B block and really dive into it. But go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, this is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. We're going to talk about the workplace, man. I mean, that's a big part of, uh, you know, that's what la uh, organized labor has, uh, is about. And uh, we're going to talk about, you know, the African-Americans in the workplace, on the job. Uh, you know, what challenges that African-Americans face, uh, not only getting a job, you know, maintaining and advancing in, in, a, uh, in, in a career. Uh, certainly there's different challenges that individuals have. Uh, I'd like to start off with, with, with Malik. Um, mm -hmm. You know, s statistically speaking, uh, you know, you, you, and, and that's really, you know, where you see everything. Um, African-Americans are about 12% of the population mm -hmm. in the United States of America. Mm -hmm. I think back in 1966, the African-American community was 8% of the, of the 8.6% uh, of the workplace, but only 1%, we talked about it, Dr. Avenger, one, a uh, little over 1% of the management and of, uh, you know, of management type mm -hmm. positions. Tell me, you know, as A, as, as that changed, number one, and number two, but just elaborate on the African-American experience on the job. Well, um, I've been blessed to to have the experience of being in the corporate workplace and then from an entrepreneurial side. Right. Uh, the fact still remains that there is a very uh, disparaging difference between placement of African-Americans in management, serious management, C-level uh, management and and the average workforce itself. We noticed that even laborers. Are having challenges you know as well so you're, we're looking at blue collar and white collar issues the challenge that we have even in Philadelphia we look at board placement so even though you increase employment for African-Americans those who are making the decisions for the businesses tend to still not look like the, the, the reflect the workplace in the city doc yeah I, I think that's that's clear but and not only in a middle management, is there a lack of um, participation of African-Americans, but certainly at the chief executive level and the chief operating uh, levels, the, um, the participation of uh, African-American male and female uh, is sparse at best. And, um, and it's systemic. It's not just something that has happened all of a sudden, it is something that has perpetuated itself um, over periods of decades. Um, and all the discussions that we've had about it, um, still, you can probably count on one hand those individuals who are African Americans in Fortune 500 chief executive officer positions. One of the areas that we talked about uh, in the pre show and uh, in the prep for this, one of the bullet points. Um, uh, Dr. Avenger was 
the DNC. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, there was a reference to, uh, to the DNC uh, that only 4% uh, of the vendors uh, that were working or employed by the DNC. I'm talking about the DNC convention. I'm talking about the diamond. I'm talking about yeah. all of the work and money and process that went into that final announcement by Mayor Nutter back in 2015 that the African DNC... African-American mayor. African-American mayor that the DNC was coming to Philadelphia. Why on the biggest stage... Is that number four percent only four percent? Do you I think? think? I think there is a, there is a, uh, a sense that the particularly the Democratic Party. Let me let me talk about that party. Um, really, does not owe the African American community uh, that much, um, and and that's unfortunate. And and I've been getting more and more critical of the, the Democratic Party um, because. It looks for the vote of the African-American community, but it does not look to uh, to advance the African-American community. And, and I think it is appalling that the DNC was here and that only 4% of the vendors um, that participated in making those dollars were African-Americans. And I think the city and the DNC should have done been a lot more proactive in in participation of African American in um, uh, in those dollars. I mean, can you imagine the the amount of money that came through Philadelphia during the DNC, uh, mm -hmm. and for them to have not demanded uh, somebody uh, demanded that there be more participation mm -hmm. of African American and women probably uh, was, was, was not very present also. And it, it, that's something since the DNC, the democratic party relies so heavily on the support of African American and women, uh, in, in, um, uh, pushing their causes. Sure, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm going to drill home the facts so that those who, who are paying attention, who are, you know, statisticians on this, uh, understand less than four percent of campaign expenditures from 2012 to 2016 through the Fannie uh, uh, Lou Hamer report have gone to minorities from the DNC. That's a problem because we we consistently get called in the corporate workplace to be superheroes, right? We have to go above and beyond in order to to uh, validate our degrees, our our, our academic uh, fortitude, and then politically. Even in the city, we're asked to save the day. We just saw that in Alabama, the Roy Moore, Doug Jones race. Right. So despite the moral issues of the day that that were in the balance, they still called on us to fix it. Right. And then at midnight, at midnight, in the midnight hour. And then we're still asking, but are you going to deal with our agenda? So when we talk about. Uh, Roy Moore wanting a recount, well, African-Americans want a recount <laughs> of the whole thing. Not just, you know, one particular side. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in black and white. Part three uh, of three. We are underway here on a Saturday night. 855-839-1210. 855-839-1210 if you want to weigh in. Back in a moment. And welcome back, everyone. This is 
Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, along with J. Doc. Uh, I'm Joe Krause uh, in the studio. Uh, J. Doc, part three of three, part three of the three-part series uh, in black and white. We bring uh, 2017 to a close uh, in terms of our series. We've got a new series that we'll introduce uh, in the first quarter uh, of 2018, uh, we're going, where we're going to get into the opioid crisis, and we're going to deal with that. That's all ahead on the other side uh, of the calendar year. We're also going to get involved in the jobs uh, discussion. A lot of, of in, in all areas, union labor, professionals, just the whole thing. So excited about 2018. What we want to talk about, we're talking about the, the workplace and, and, and jobs on the job, is the impact that union labor has had on, um, obviously, working conditions, uh, you know, and, and, and I mean for, for African-Americans, all minorities, uh, women, um, when you're in a labor union, uh, you enjoy those protections uh, in, in regard. In other words, you know, everybody, ha- you know, you're on that job. You have the same rights. There's no, you know, the, the standards are the same. There's no discrimination in regards to, um, you know, where one person works, where another person uh, doesn't work. Uh, if you are, are represented by a labor union and a collective bargaining agreement, everybody has the same rights. And that is not the, the, to say that um, the standards are different, um, I guess, legally in a corporate workplace. But I can tell you this, and, and I was an iron worker for, for, for 15, 20 years. I was a young kid when I got in. So um, at the end of the day, uh, you, you, the, you, the color is typically blind on on the, on a on a union workplace. Not that everything's perfect. You're going to, you know, individuals. You have good and bad individuals across the board, but you know that collective bargaining agreement protects everybody equally. Yeah, it. I mean, it does protect everybody equally, but we also have to look at now what's happening um, across America. There's an economic, you know, almost like a a uh, tremor, you know, or a series of tremors that have happened, right? And so unions are being attacked. Um, and, and then we have projects like Rebuild, which create uh, specifically in Philadelphia opportunities for uh, vendors to get involved in the city in a major way. And we still find, you know, that it's a disproportionate amount of contracts going to vendors that do not have minorities uh, in, in key positions, either in ownership or in management. And more importantly, some of those vendors uh, and, and contracts are going to those who don't even live in the city yet. The rebuild project is to affect the, the the community where typically, you know, and at this case, we've seen a majority of minorities. So, I mean, these are major problems that we have to address. Yeah, we talked about this earlier, Malik, and, and uh, certainly, you know, on the program, we've talked about the rebuild and, and the commitment, um, you know, to, to, to um, put those individuals in the uh, in the communities uh, to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly unions are it's an interesting uh uh, dynamic because uh, you know it's not like a non-union company who can just grab people from the neighborhood no matter what neighborhood mm-hmm. that is off the street you got to mm-hmm. be a member of the union agree and like you and i talked about earlier mm-hmm. uh, if an individual and and by the way i i'm just i'm just voicing my two cents so i'm not involved in the uh actual process and there's people a lot smarter than me that are that are working on this the you know to the commitment to to meet the standards that are, have been agreed to, uh, you know, with the rebuild. But I've had my personal questions in regards to, um, you know, the, logistically, if you're an African, African-American African worker and say you're in, in the uh, Iron Workers Union, I'll take 
um, and you're working on the Walt Whitman Bridge, mm -hmm. okay? And let's just say, and I'm asking this question, I don't know. Okay. But say you're you're doing a a, uh, a project in in a Gray's Ferry and, and a minority uh, ratio in in a part of that particular area is forty percent African American mm -hmm. uh, or fifty percent. How do you? And this is just from a labor standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, how do you m make sure that fifty percent of the workforce is African American if if you don't if the, if you don't have that ratio of individuals in the in the actual union itself, mm -hmm. I mean it's a well, it's a good so question. Doc, you want <laughs> go get. I mean, by the way, I should be asking a labor leader this question. So why is it that way? Right? Why is it that um, there are not um, more participation of African American in chief metal workers union? in the electrical workers, in the carpenters union, where mm -hmm. where those folk are making 50, 60, probably a whole lot more than that an hour. And um, when I, there is, I, I know in the sheep metal workers, there- They have a major outreach. Go, There's yeah, an outreach program. Because I, I, I managed to get my son in, in that, but, but he only got in because of me. Right. Right, and because I knew, but they have the reverend. But they have the reverend there. Yeah, they have the reverend there, who's and, and he, good and, friend. But it's good a, friend. But, but not only yeah. that, though, they have a major. Uh, the Sheep Metal Workers Local 19 has a major outreach program. It's 24 seven. Mm -hmm. But I, I do want so, to. So, I, I, so uh, I guess ahead, so, so. What I'm saying is that um, why is there not a big push in all of those unions? Where I mean, you, there's not a. You don't have to have a push to get folk into District Council 33. You don't have to have a big push to get people into uh, the transport workers union, mm -hmm. right? Because the labor leadership is whatever. Yeah. So, so uh, I can tell you that the sentiment, and, and I'm just telling you, the sentiment from the labor leaders that I talk to, particularly in the building trades, is they're they're committed to you know making those numbers work. I mean, I'm just telling you what the sentiment is. Well, how is okay, so I know, I also know what the scope is. How, how is the push supposed to work? What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, I think I think if you if you look at the sheet metal workers and you see and you you look at their statistics, you look at what they're doing right, and then perhaps those unions can sit down with them and 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 view them as a a best practice example, right? What are you guys doing? How are you doing it? And and how can you help us do the same thing? I mean, mm -hmm. unlike being in the government where you know there's all kinds of layers and what have you have to go through to do that in yeah. the unions i mean if, if the leadership in the union say this is what we're going to do then that's exactly what's going to happen well my point also was, <clears throat> you, you pick an interesting union cheap metal locals 19 because they're one of the more progressive because, yeah, i know mm -hmm. you're just picking i mean they're as aggressive with their apprentice program and i know what they're uh, you know uh, with the diversity issue, uh, Local 19 is one of the most aggressive. Uh, I, I happen to have um, a little insight there because we've had Joe, with their, their apprentice coordinators, mm -hmm. on the show. Um, I would say this. Now, I want to ask you guys a, a, mm -hmm. a question. Uh, for the record, I'm a Caucasian. Dr. Avenger is African-American, and so is Malik Are Boyd. Are you serious? I know. It's hard <laughs> to believe, <laughs> isn't it? It's hard to believe. Oh I know. Um, but what I'm saying is, uh, you know, it's... Uh, um, when you have a state of Pennsylvania where it's 75% Caucasian, 11% African-American, or 12%, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know what the city of Philadelphia is because I know mm -hmm. what's way different here. Um, and I, how, do you, how do you balance, uh, you know, the diversity issue, you know, and, 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 and at the same time meet standards 
uh, according to the diversity in the state. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll address that in a couple different uh, ways. Actually, you're asking, right. Yeah, so you, you address that with leadership that has some kahunas, point blank, right? And it's not always from the union side. The union side is, is going to move however they move, but you have to have mayors. You have to have individuals who, who can really move the dial in the city as it relates to those contracts, say we're going to get this done. Maynard Jackson did that. In Atlanta, it was clear this is what's going to happen, period. Uh, no matter what we say about Marion Barry, he got it done in D.C. as well. And so having leadership saying this is a non-negotiable, when we look at rebuild right now, there are just slaps on the wrist as it relates to diversity. I mean, we got to be honest. It, it, but what's the point? What are, you, what are you trying to get to? You're trying the to point say is The point is getting getting more people in the apprenticeship program, not because of the contacts I know or the favors that I can generate, but because of the skill set and the aptitude and the need to ensure that a community lifts, right? We're rising the tide, right? The other scenario is for contractors, how long do African-Americans have to be subs? When, when are we going to be primes? What do you think is the problem? I don't know, why, the, why I don't know the difference between The prime them. is the one leading, the sub the is the contractor. one covering. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... So, so when do we have those kind of things happen? And it's not, it, it's not that it has to be a, you know, move everyone else out the way and let's just put all black in, but we have to be very cognizant as we move $800 million through the city of Philadelphia that we make sure that, that qualified African-Americans are in play. Uh, and, and, and I think, I think the other thing we have to look at is that um, it ought to just be a natural thing, and it's not. And and that's when I when I said earlier that it's systemic, because it's just not a natural flow uh, of human beings into a system, um, not because they are African American, but because they're human beings and deserve the same opportunities that anybody else deserves. And that has just not been the case, and it's not it's not the case almost at any level. I mean. There was a fight just to 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 increase African American participation in edu in higher education. Mm -hmm. um, why would anyone have to fight to to go to a school that they wanted to go to, um, but couldn't go merely because of the color of their skin? And and I think that is, um, it, I it, it just it just boggles my mind because I I just don't see at this point in two thousand. 17 why we would still be having these same discussions around why isn't there more participation of african americans in the workplace uh in in uh, political leadership uh and and what have you and and so and i don't really know the answer right because as a pastor my answer is that a person's heart needs to change and then their heads will change right because your view and your focus of how you look at things will change and and so and 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 unfortunately now and i know this is not a topic today i i talk about this a lot on my show and mm -hmm. i know this is not my show but you know to 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 now have the president of the united states perpetuating you know the the whole um racist stuff right and and pumping the hearts of folk you know, to to talk that kind of language, to speak that way, and and um, it is only setting us back sixty years, and and I think that that is a shame. And so even this discussion here, 
uh, as as healthy as it is, um, we're being we're being set back as we talk. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio twelve ten, WPHT. When we come back after the break, is the African American community at fault? I'll ask you to weigh in on that when we come back. We have such a long raid to go. I've been marching and marches like this for 50 years. I'm old, but I'm not tired. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. A good Saturday evening, Delaware Valley, and uh, welcome into the live show. We thank everybody for tuning in uh, with us and for anybody listening to that Temple basketball game right here on 1210. Uh, welcome aboard to Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor uh, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, presented by Weinerman Payne and Wellness. Malik Boyd uh, mm-hmm. is in the studio uh, with us. Uh, Dr. Stephen Avenger uh, as well. Welcome to both in the studio. It is serious. Or, or part three of um, of three, J. Doc, on our series in black uh, and white. Dr. Averager, let me come right to you, because as we went into the break, uh, I asked the question, is mm-hmm. the African-American community at fault for what we're talking about tonight? Yes or no? You say what? At fault. Um, at fault for... A systematic racism at fault for um, being viewed as individuals who are not as intelligent as other folk, uh, being viewed as as individuals who um, they're you know they're best in sports and not in law or not in medicine or not in some other areas, mathematics and what have you. No, I, I do not think that we are uh, at fault. And let me and let me. Uh, give you an example of that if if I can. I went to Villanova. I went to Villanova at a time when I was the only African American in ninety nine percent of my classes, and I was told to my face that my A, and, and I was just about a straight A student, was not as good as mm-hmm. a, a, an individual who I, who we we competed with each other in in class. Well, my A was not as good as his A. And I looked at my professor, and, and that, that crushed me in, in, in many ways. Mm-hmm. But I looked at him and said, but then y'all need to get another grading system and see whether you can come up with something that's higher than an A. Well, what's interesting about that is, and even the, in the question, um, I think that we— I don't know if I answered your question. No, no, but I mean, are we painting uh, uh, with, with broad strokes? Um, you know, I think the question itself, Joe, in my opinion, is, is um, it's a problem. And the reason I say that is— um, I think that individuals should be accountable, whoever they are. If they're, that professor who said that to you, uh, it, 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 that individual should be accountable. Um, I'm sure, in, I mean, there's no sure about it. Yes, there's individuals across the board, Caucasian, African-American, that, that are at fault at something, and other people, that, those individuals that are, that, that are working their butts off, are, you know, are not at fault. I guess what I'm saying is you can't paint with a broad, broad stroke. Stereotypes is what you're talking about in some mm-hmm. cases, and I think that, that that's a major problem. I think that um, I can't, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and speak for the African-American community, but I, I think that um, there's individuals everywhere that are doing stupid things, okay, across the board. I don't care if it's a doctor, lawyer, white or black or whatever, but, and, I, and I'm not trying to be so, you know, so I, I, diplomatic. I didn't take the question mm-hmm. that I was asked was a broad question, I thought, right? Well, my because, point is— Because if, if we get into discussion about 
individuals who don't do right or, or, or what have you. Of course, there's plenty of people that but do. We're talking about a system, right? right? We're, we're talking about a system that has perpetuated certain attitudes towards a, a, a particular group of people in this country. And, and, and we have to admit that that is the case mm-hmm. right now. I've been successful in spite of, right? And, and, and that, that incident with me and, and Villanova University did not, I still proudly say I, I graduated from Villanova University. Mm-hmm. That didn't stop me from doing what I did, sure. right? And, and as a student, both as an undergrad and a graduate student, it didn't stop me. In fact, it helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're talking about a system because an, an individual, that, that is just not an individual right. talking, right? People don't generally talk in, in, in positions of authority and power. They don't generally talk as individuals. They're, they're, they, they're talking from the background of individuals who think the way they think, mm-hmm. right? And so how many, how many people, because of that attitude, did, did that one professor um, hurt in, sure. in, the pro, in the process of all the years that they taught in, in higher education? And, you know, we, we have to be we have to be honest about this. Right. So let's let's go to to the stats. Right. 1935 was the was the death of the last slave brought here from Africa. 1935. Right. Sure. The Pettus Bridge was about 55 years ago. Right. So so you're talking about a, a group of individuals who who have been marginalized, who have been humiliated, who have been enslaved. And on top of that, expected to outperform. So so even though you're given the, the, the playing field, other ethnic groups are giving steps up. Right. They're, they're getting head starts. They're around the bend when we're at this this starting block in the back. But. And, and so to answer your question, uh, uh, Kraus, no. Okay, so so it's not our fault. However, are there opportunities for us to do some things that will help us bring some cohesion to our efforts? Absolutely. But that's an internal conversation amongst us. But when does that that's inter- not a global when does that conversation? conversation happen? I mean, that's, oh, it's happening it every happening. day. That, that, oh, that's no. what that's I'm every day. That's, that's what I'm trying to get to. That's what I'm trying so, to get So here's to. the misconception. You know, so so I, I need, you know, um, those who are not black to understand this. We're not just waiting. On, on help. We're not, we're not waiting for, for resources to drop out the sky. There are conversations every day that are happening. Dr. Avenger is one who's leading conversations every day in the community, in the churches, in the, in the barbershops. We're talking about financial literacy. We're talking about wealth creation. However, if you have systematically, right, Joe, you can go to get a loan from the bank today, right? And they're going to look at you and look at your history and your credit score might be, uh, uh, you know, 710, I may go with the same kind of profile, have a 730 credit score, and still not get the same amount that you get. So if to you go get to that, to go to the systematic approach of what what occurs. Why is that? Why, in other words, oh, I'd love to sit in the bank and find out, <laughs> you know. But the truth of the matter is, we're considered a risk. So when you have a people who are considered a risk when you place them in higher education opportunities, considered a risk when you place them in upper management, considered a risk when you're talking about placing dollars into their businesses to help them grow. I mean, we're always going to have that challenge. But, 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 but where is the risk 
where is that coming from? It, it, it's it, a mindset. It, it's it, a heart is, issue. Is it, is, it a, is it a made up thought? Is it a made up conception that 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 risk is out there, or is there something out there creating that thought process? Well, I certainly, I certainly think that um, uh, the, the media perpetuates certain types of images and and what have you. They did it in programming in TV programs and sitcoms and what have you, where, um, you know, the African-Americans were, that has changed some, but were um, uh, of the baser thought mm-hmm. type. Um, and even, and, and this might be out of the scope of what we're saying, but even even with this Lou Dobbs, you all know mm-hmm. Lou Dobbs, right, who called the former President Obama a flea and he needs to be arrested because he criticized the current president. When both Bushes did the same thing, mm-hmm. worse, they said worse than what Obama said, but no one said, oh, they should be arrested. They should be thrown right in jail because they have no business talking about the current president. Mm-hmm. Now, now, when this is, and this is what I'm saying, mm-hmm. the, the whole notion that because you're an African-American, you can't speak like other folks speak. And when you open your mouth, right, you ought to be thrown in jail. This was a former president of the United States. Mm. Right? You should be thrown in jail. And we hear that criticism over and over again. Just go in the corner somewhere and sit down. We finally got rid of you. Great. Right. Why? Why, why, why that kind of why does disparity? What Lou, why does what Lou Dobbs say or said, uh, why does it matter? Who cares? Because he has an entire audience of <laughs> hundreds of thousands of individuals who think like he thinks. The president has millions of people. But, but let, let me uh, just that, jump that, in that, here. That, the president has millions of people mm-hmm. that's, that, are, that stand in his corner. So why, who cares what Lou Dobbs says? Let, 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 I'm just challenging on it. I, I'm, I understand. No, let me jump. I'm gonna, no, what, what I was going to say is this: um, certainly, um, it, you know, it's troublesome when you hear something like that. I can also say, and, and I don't want this, you know. The, I mean, you know, most people in my, I, I know, the majority of white people that I know are absolutely supportive and would stand up for the African-American community. And as you well know, and especially in the liberal community, there is, I would think that there's more um, Caucasian individuals that would jump in front of Lou Dobbs and, 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 and let, in other words, it's a hurtful thing that what the man said. And anybody who's got a racist bone in their body, it, it hurts, no question about it. And it creates uh, horrible things. Um, and let me, let me say this. There was a conservative talk show host who came to the defense of of the president, right? But, I mean, but I don't want to be classified. The system, right. right? The system is what we're talking about. And I think that's what people don't understand, right? We, we've, we've got, we have friends, you know, that are, that are, are white, black, you know, Hispanic, Asian. But there is there is this systematic thing that exists, and I, and I don't know how to get at it. Well, right? especially and, in the labor and, movement. I mean, you have people standing up for each other of all persuasions, and it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It's hard to hear it when you hear uh, Lou Dobbs say something like that because it really it's the broad stroke, and it paints 
you know, a stereotype, and it's, it creates, in my opinion, a racial divide. Malik, well, let it, me give you last word. Yeah, it does create a racial d- divide. So here's the thing. Uh, King said our lives uh, end and begin to end the day where we become silent about the things that matter, right? I'd like to add to that uh, the day we allow individuals, you know, to divide us and we don't speak up about it. So and that speaks to the Lou, Lou uh, piece, the Lou Dobbs and some of these other um, individuals who spread this vitriol. Um, but to to your point, Krauss. Yes, it, it shouldn't matter, um, but it does because they, they reflect what America is bringing, right? From an African-American perspective, Frederick Douglass says power concedes nothing without a demand, right? I actually think that there needs to be an addendum to that. It's power concedes nothing without a demand and consequences, <laughs> Quite frankly, we demand much. We haven't gotten it as an African-American community. Uh, and then we're called on to save the day on, on politics and, and things of these other nature, economic impact. It's time for us to have consequences, political consequences. You you don't push our agenda. We take you out. It's just what it is. We saw it with the Tea Party. We saw it with other insurgent uh, you, you know, efforts. And that's something that we embrace as a community and something that needs to happen in order to push unions forward cities forward to pay to pay african-americans more attention this is saturday night live with philly labor on talk radio 1210 in the middle of a great discussion uh, with malik boyd dr stephen avenger in the studio honored to have him with us uh, tonight and of course j doc i'm joe kraus on a saturday night in the delaware valley happy holidays to everybody tuning in back in a moment when we come back uh, our final segment of the night stay tuned for paul harritonian in for Dan Loney. He'll take you into the night on Talk Radio 1210. Back here live on Saturday Night Live on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT at Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness. Powered by Pond La Hockey, fueled by the Sinesta Hotel. And we welcome now J-Doc. Jim uh, Stevenson. Jim Stevenson. Get, Get to, to know Jim. him. I thought he did a good job. You thought he was a little nervous on the air at the top of the hour. I thought he did a good well, job. You t- we welcome you s- Chapman Ford into uh, our partnership. Glad to have you him. You teed him up like, yeah, he loves the mic. And he said right there, he's like, I really don't like the mic, guys. But he's a great guy. And we got his sentiment. And we love Jim Stevenson. Uh, one of the things I, I, that, I probably shouldn't have said you that. You did say apologize. that. Like, <laughs> like he was John Vicente or something like that. But I'll tell you one thing. He knows cars. And they got a great inventory there. One thing I'd like to say as we were talking during the break is, um, and this is, a, you know, this we're just talking, um, you know, a bunch of guys together. And, you know, I mean, our history, it, it, it's, it's tough. It sucks that our history has created such a, for whatever it is. I mean, obviously, the roots come in slavery and there's sensitivities across the board. And you got to, you know, and Malik and I have talked about this many times. He got, you know, regular white guy walking down the street. He can't even relate, you know, he's not thinking, you know, right. slavery. He's like, I, what are we talking about? I'm trying to go to work. Right. I don't have any issues there. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not discriminating any against anybody. And then he runs into a black guy who's got some issues with him because he, you know, just inherently mm-hmm. is PO'd about, you know, some of the stuff. Next thing you know, they don't even know why they're mad at each other. Mm-hmm. And the thing, but we, unfortunately, we can't avoid our history. The question is, gentlemen, we talked about this. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot to be chapped about, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we... How do we heal? This is the last segment, uh, you know, in this three-part series. How do where, where do we create solutions? Can we heal? Hmm. I think again, um, and as a pastor, let me let me preface what I'm going to say uh, with this. Statistically, um, the fact is that the United States of America is not as religious as it used to be. 
there are less and less people that go to church on Sunday and the segregation of churches is, is even more prevalent today than it's ever been right in terms of congregations are not mixed and we don't worship with each other and what have you but for me as if your heart is not changed your head will not change and and so it has to start from inside individuals who who for no reason whatsoever would look at an individual and don't like them right right the heart I, I think has to change. Um, and, and that's not uh, discounting, uh, uh, you know, activism and, you know, those kinds of things. It's not, but you can, you can march and, and we can do, we can program and legislate. But if a man's heart, and I say that generically, if a man's heart is not changed, then the way they think will not change. Well, I, I can tell you this. I'm proud to be a part of the labor movement um, where in many cases, in, in my experiences, have been colorblind. Um, you can, I can't state for individual experiences, but I'm proud to be in, 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 a, in a community that, that, that fights for people's rights across the board. What I, what I talked about, you, know, you, you, you remember those, those, obviously the, the hurricanes and the floods in mm-hmm. Houston. And I've talked about that. You mentioned the media too, okay? And we're on radio, so it's kind of ironic, but... <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I think the, the media is a major issue. Yes. I mean, 24-hour news is a major issue. But, I mean, if, if, if an individual, a child or a, a mother or a father, whoever, a brother or sister, is, is drowning out there in the middle of, of, of uh, you know, the, the flood, does it matter if they're Republican, Democrat, white or black? We're jumping out of the uh, Wherever we're at, we're going to get them. I don't care who it is. A lot of times... You know, we're told what the, what you know we're we're told what's going on in this world, and and hate gets perpetuated. And I think that um, I don't know if we'll see it in our lifetime, but I can tell you this: um, you know, getting it getting it out there, it is sensitive topic. You know, to the listeners out there, this is not easy. Um, but I can tell you this: we're making an effort, and we care about one another. And and as as in during times of 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 need. We just got to learn how to translate that to everyday life, Malik. So I think we definitely translate it to everyday life, but we we have to be honest. We have to acknowledge our history, accept our history, and then admit that there's work to be done to move it forward. It's not just enough to to do a you know a, a celebratory or a memorial kind of approach to this. There's some hard work to address this, right? And so. If you are concerned about just you and your family, understand. That's okay because you and your family, unless you deal with everything outside of you and your family and make sure that's okay, it will ultimately affect your home. So even if you want to be selfish about this scenario, let's let's be colorblind with everything except for dollars and cents. Let's let's all start seeing green. Let's all start understanding that when you lift the African American community, all the other community, uh, we spend money. <laughs> so you know when you lift us, and we're going to help you out, and vice versa. Let's let's it's, let's talk business. But Doc, I mean, well, I'm just going to say, uh, Martin Luther King was as much a labor leader as as, as he was, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a civil rights leader, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. He, you know, and by <clears throat> a good job, and that's what. You know, that's part of what we're trying to do. You know, that's you know, if, if, if somebody gets the opportunity at an education and a good job, my God, there's nothing that, that can't happen. Um, I, I thought, I guess at a young age, um, I wondered, you know, what it would be like. You know, I'm just being honest. 
mm-hmm. you know, if, if, you know, if somebody, you know, discriminated against my dad because of the scar, scar of his skin, it kind of brought a tear to my eye because my, my mantra is everybody has the right to be happy. Don't take it away from them. And my, my point is how painful that thought is. You know, and if if if, you, if people just and I mean, listen, our history is what it is. People, and I'm and let me say this. I mean, I hate to talk like this. We're on right, but I'm saying, <laughs> you know, I mean, I see plenty of white people on TV standing up for African Americans and minorities all day long. Okay, but you, but it's the individuals out there that 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 you know the individual that you were talking about a little while ago saying stupid things. Okay, that ruin it for you know that 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 throw that set us back sixty years. I don't like to talk like that in a white and black type thing. Says same in the African American community, vice versa. We have to understand that you know there, we have more in common than 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 we do not in common. And and that's why um, again there has to be a change in one's person and person right who you are at at your core um since you said that uh dr avenger i'm trying to figure out how do you start that where does that process begin i think in in grade school in grade school listen other than the home back history in grade schools other than the home yeah we're not talking about under we're talking about the heart i got inside here fuels here where does that start do you think i don't know the answer i'm trying you've got me thinking i don't know how to how to answer it well um i'm sure everyone on this program and i've been you know trying not to get to this whole issue of as a pastor Right where where I stand well, in terms of it. in terms of um, you know how our hearts are changed through the gospel of of Jesus Christ and through following the principles and the precepts of of Holy Scripture um, that changes a person's heart right because the Bible says that anyone you come in contact with is your neighbor anyone right and and it and in spite of and that that we ought to look after the least among us and and not do public policies that that takes the least among us and make them even less than least all right so so and 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 so people have to understand that we're not we we're not islands we don't stand by ourselves right what we do affect everybody else and so the heart has to be changed and that is for me through the gospel of jesus christ malik i give you last word so you know i i think pastor covered the the heart issue uh doc you covered the approach as it relates to communities and how we we focus on solving um i i would just say this you no longer have to make money on our backs and off of our backs Let's begin to focus to make money so that we can have your back. And what I mean by that is we have to stop having the African-American community be looked at as a money generator solely, but looking as a vibrant community that can participate in this capitalist economy. I'll say this. That's it. I, you know, as a middle class person, I don't have equally. That, I don't have that disposition, but my thought process is this, and I know we're ending it. I think we need to start with the children. I think that people need to understand um, you know, I, and I believe this. If we're going to teach history to kids, we, we should treat, uh, teach them black history also, so that people can have compassion at an early age for our history on both sides. And maybe you'll understand a little bit about how we got to where we are. Mm. That's going to do it on a Saturday night. 
This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, our part three of three-part series uh, comes to a close. We thank Dr. Stephen Avenger for coming. Uh, my pleasure. Into the thank you. Well done, sir. My honor to have you in the studio. Of course, Malik Boyd uh, with us as thank well. You Malik, thank you, you very much. And J-Doc, uh, nice job uh, done by you uh, as well. Stay tuned. Paul Haritunian takes you into the night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We wish everybody a happy holidays. Until next time. I'm Joe Crass. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.